Come on, everyone. How are you? Welcome to this week's episode of our podcast. It's called Is Breakfast Included? On the show this week, Lisa and I talked to Antoinette Globus, better known as Tony or Glow. Uh, <laughs> Tony is a stage manager. She does lighting. She does backline. She does a little bit of everything in the live music touring industry. She took some time to talk to us about how she got started, her sewing techniques, her uh love of tabletop games. I didn't know what that was till she explained it to me. Um, and jigsaw puzzles. Uh, we found out something new. Might not be true, but I read it on the internet, so must be right. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. We laughed a lot. We talked a lot. The three of us just got along like we'd known each other forever. Anyway, it was a great conversation. Let's check it out. Tell everyone who you are and what you do. Um, I am Tony Globus, uh, Globus or Glow. The Glow thing's been recent because people have decided, I guess, to shorten Globus to just Glow. Right? Because if you're Joseph, you're Joe. So if you're Globus, you're Glow. I don't know. So that's been a new addition in the last couple years. But mostly everybody I know knows me as Tony or Globus. Tony Globus, that's me. And um, I do... All of the things. <laughs> I do everything. Um, Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, except for maybe like sewing, but that's a side hobby. Um, yeah, I, uh, I do a lot. I do mostly stage management, production management, uh, uh, like technical director type stuff. Um, but I have been known as a, as a side gig. Um, I always tell people it's my side job because I'm a psychopath is uh, I do lighting. Because yeah. <laughs> what else would you do as a side job? So, <laughs> right. so I do lighting do you- on the side as well. Um, and that's been kind of my primary focus the last couple of years since moving to Nashville because I don't, I don't have the same uh, connections that I had when I lived in Chicago. So it's like a new market. So I'm like, I'm learning things. And as I'm learning things, I just do lights to pay my bills. (laughs) Do you like doing all the different things? Does that keep you, you know, on your toes? Or would you prefer to just focus on one job? Well, when you stage manage, you don't do just one job. Um, And when you production manage, you don't do just one job. And when you are a technical director or you're running a venue, which I've done, or you help run a company, which I've done, you you don't ever get to do just one job. You're doing all the jobs. Um, But um, I have been doing a lot of, like I said, I have been doing a lot of lighting the last couple of years. And it's just kind of made me realize that there are some people who have like, who've made that their focus. And they're really great at it. And then I'm there and I'm like, wow, I'm really bad at this. Like, <laughs> So I don't I don't necessarily wish that I did lighting more, but I do wish that I knew more. So I guess that comes with. Doing yeah, it. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? How, how did you uh, you're from Chicago, you said? Yeah. Uh, born and raised there or. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, how did you get into this business, man? What did you do before this? This, uh, <laughs> I've been doing this since the womb. Um, my parents were kind of theater people. Uh huh. Kind of. Uh, my dad. I'm I'm the product of a much older generation. Uh, my dad was 62 when I was born, and my mom was 40. Um. And uh, my closest sibling is almost 20 years older than me. Okay. So um, so my dad had worked. He was in, my dad was in World War II. And he had, after he got out of the war, he went and started working for Rock Island Railroad. And then he transferred over to Metro Railroad. And then he retired. And then after like 40 years of doing that, he realized he was bored. So he went and um, he did a couple of volunteer rounds in the carpentry at our local, at our local like community theater, not like community theater with like people who don't know how to act doing like yeah. shitty plays with bad costumes, <laughs> like our local community theater where like our, our local, I guess like roadhouse or like opera house is called yeah. the art center. And so he would do carpentry stuff there. And then that was very close to my school. So I would stop on my way, like walking home from school, I could like hang out and we would, I'd learn how to use power tools and how to paint things. And let's make a big tree for Charlie Brown or whatever. Yeah. You do um, some of that now, don't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I learned that. And then my mom, um, my mom, she was a waitress for a long time at her family restaurant. And then um, she had a side job and her side job was she is a wardrobe mistress for a gentleman's club. Um, so I learned how to sew at a very young age. Mm -hmm. uh, I would help with sequins and zippers and master at zippers. I can replace a zipper like nobody's business. <laughs> um but yeah, it wasn't until I was like maybe about 10 or 11 that I remember asking her, I was like, hey, why are we putting all these sequins on these bras? Like, <laughs> like why do we do this? <laughs> um, and then maybe and then about that time, I think, is when she felt like maybe I could handle what what a burlesque show was. So she explained it to me. And then I got to go one time and see um, like. The all show. these weird things that I helped make, uh, you know, child labor, <laughs> free child labor, <laughs> breaking some child um, labor laws. I mean, it was it was very cool. It was very cool, and um, learned a lot from that, and did a lot from that. And uh, I mean, because of all that, it, it's it's opened all the different pathways. My sorry, my printer is cleaning itself, and I don't know what else it's doing. Um, it's just over here making all kinds of noise. So sorry about that. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of each one of those things just kind of led me to do stuff. Yeah. You know, like, oh, well, I know how to paint because my dad taught me how to paint at the theater. So yeah, I could come paint this weird scene in your restaurant, which then let me meet somebody. And they were like, hey, you want to come work for Macy's and do windows? And I was like, sure. And then they were like, Hey, do you want to come work the Olympics? And I was like, yeah. So, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, that's kind of how it progressed. How that went. <laughs> yeah. 
What was your uh, what was your first road gig? Uh, I did this little tour. So uh, back in the day, we had Riverdance. Mm -hmm. And uh, Riverdance had some dramas because there was my uh, Michael Flatley, I think, and some other people. And they like they decided they were going to branch off and make their own Irish dance show. So you had like. You had Riverdance, but then you had Lord of the Dance and you had Spirit of the Dance and you had. Yeah. Druids of the Night and all this other, all these other, I don't know if Druids of the Night was actually a show, but it sounds great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you had all these different offshoots. And so uh, my first tour was with one called Spirit of the Dance, which was an offshoot of Riverdance. Were you like a set carp? Were you wardrobe? What, what did you I do? was wardrobe and I did shoes. Shoes? Just shoes. Were you like a cooler? What were you doing? <laughs> What were you doing? <laughs> um, we had these little bins, uh, like, um, <clears throat> like tote bins, but they were small ones, like about this big. Uh huh. Yo, big. Yeah. And um, we would each everybody had their name on a bin, and they would get lined up in the wings. And if your shoes needed to be ran, your shoes would go into that bin. One of us would come by, pick up the shoes, take them to the other spots around the stage and so i did nothing but just run shoes and clean costumes did you dig that i don't know <laughs> i was i was 19 i would think that the shoes would be pretty important for a dancing i mean i was 19 <laughs> i was making you know 300 bucks a show it was fine. <laughs> In hindsight, I probably hated it, but at the time I felt amazing and awesome. Like it is pretty cool, right? On your first tour, you're out there. Yeah. Even if it is spirit of the dance. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've done worse things since then. <laughs> so, you know, I mean <laughs> Yeah. As as a woman, um, have you faced any challenges or barriers by being, you know, in a pretty Every much day. man? Yeah. Every how, day. how do you overcome that kind of? I tell them to suck it. <laughs> no, I like for real. Like you can either have me do it or don't like that's up to you. I, I spent a long time being upset about it. And then at some point I was just like, fuck it. Cause I can't change it. I can't change this, you know? So either they can get over it or they can get somebody else. Yeah. Like that's, I, I can't, I've, I've fought it and I've, I've been, um, I'm 40. So I've, I've been to the point where I had to be a lesbian to be on the bus or else I wasn't allowed to tour. Like I've had to do that and I've had to, uh, I've had to sign, uh, off on letters saying that I can't be in certain parts of the wardrobe room because my artist is married and I'm female. Like oh, I've, I've been there and I've done it. And the girls, the girls and the ladies who are coming in now, who've got it kind of easy breezy in comparison, like we opened those doors for you. We clawed at those walls for you. And you're welcome. I'm glad you get this. 
But at the same time, there has to be some sort of recognition at some point of the bullshit that people still go through for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I agree with you. I started in this, I started in this business in 2006 ish. And I saw a lot of that. I saw. Yeah. yeah. The the spirit of the dance tour I did was in 2004. Yeah. So So I saw a lot of the, um, the way, you know, the way women were treated on tour, almost like a, Hey, darling, you know, Hey, why don't you, I get that a lot, you know? And then (laughs) the way now it is, you know, now I prefer uh, a female tour manager because I know they're going to get shit done and it's not going to be, you know, there's, you know, I've had, I've had a few female tour managers who, when we get off the bus, we walk up to the promoter, they come up to me and go, Hey, so what do I need? I'm like, Hey, that's the boss right there. Yeah. It's the backline guy, you know? Yeah. So, so in those years that you've had to do through that, I mean, like what, what, what were some of the most, um, did you ever want to quit because of it? I've, I've, I mean, I've cried and I thought, and I've told plenty of people to go fuck themselves and I've gotten into fights and arguments and I've walked away from situations and I've, quit jobs but i've never quit quit i've quit jobs i've left i've uh, i'm not proud of it but i left in the middle of a show one time hey sometimes you have to right um and uh that one was bad i mean that's that's bad that's like a (laughs) conversation that's one of those conversations for like a whole other time (laughs) but um Basically, what it came down to, and and I have no proof of this, but I can maybe Lisa can can uh, attune. You just kind of get the feeling that somebody doesn't like you because you have a vagina. <laughs> like, sure. really, that's the only reason why. Um, and so that was the problem I had with this person. And uh, every day, I was uh, working at a venue, and every day there's it was something. It was just. And at about like day 45, because I remember like counting it down, I was like, I am fucking over this dude and I am over this place and everybody here can die in a fire and I'm done. <laughs> like I was done. <laughs> and so, um, and not that I wish bad things on people. I don't, I don't ever want anyone to die in a fire, but, um, except that, guy. that except for that guy. <laughs> And you know what's funny is is that if you talk to anyone about this guy, they will tell you the exact same thing. So in hindsight, it wasn't just me, but at the time I was like, yeah. Um, so yeah, but uh I was informed that we would be videotaping the show on like a Friday. So on Thursday. Um, I was doing some last minute things like I was changing out lights because you don't want to burn lights before you do a video shoot. You want them to be fresh. And I was changing out gels because you want to have fresh gels and you want to make sure everything's like new and crispy and shiny for the video shoot. And there's people like setting up cameras and they're filming stuff and they're doing things. And I have this, the stage is a mess. Like I've got 
risers out because I'm redoing stuff underneath those and make there's there were like these plexi panels because they were lit from underneath. So I was making sure all those were clean and like sweeping and vacuuming as they're like setting up cameras and filming. And so finally, I went up to this guy and I was like, what the hell's going on? He goes, well, we're filming today. Like, no, we're filming tomorrow. He goes, no, we're filming today. He goes, you've known about this for weeks. Like, then why am I doing all this now? Yeah. Like, if we're filming today, I would have been doing this yesterday, not today. So we're not filming tomorrow. And he goes, oh, no, you knew that. Sounds like a setup. <laughs> so at intermission, I left. I walked to the box office. I got my paycheck and I left. Yeah. Was this a, this was a, was this a road gig? Uh, no, it was a, um, it was a venue that I worked at for a, there's a venue that I worked at for a production company that does like casino tile style shows. And they've got like a loop that they do across the United States. And so I would go and open, I would open a show and work a show for a while at one venue. And then go to the next venue and open that show and work that show, train people, and then go to the next and the next and the next. And by the time I made the loop, we would do another show and then have to do that all over again. Have you ever run into the, uh, the situation where someone says, Hey, you know, like, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I'm the stage manager. And they go, but you're a girl. Every day. Every day. I recently had the, that problem this past summer. I had a guy and uh, I, was, I was stage managing this summer and I was making a dead world uh, for my backline guys. Uh-huh. And the dead world for backline had to be separate than dead world for rigging. Um, just based on venue space. And so rigging doesn't need as much space because they have little tiny motor boxes and they can stack. Whereas backline, as you know, has giant vaults and things that have to go in different places. So I was trying to get the hand to take all of the backline stuff to the larger storage space backstage and all the motors and the rigging stuff to the smaller space backstage. And I got this guy and I was like, hey, sir, that's a motor. It needs to go over there. And he looks at me. He goes, yeah, I know. My first day was 30 years ago. And I was like, cool. Where well, there's three other girls on this crew. So you're going to have a long day. And within like five minutes, it was like, oh, yes, ma'am. But like, yeah. It's really the old timers, too. That, that yeah. don't like, you know. Or like last summer, <laughs> last summer. I was carrying two cases of water. Like, I don't know if you see how big I am. I mean, I'm a little tiny person. I'm 5'2 and 155 pounds. Like, I'm not very big, right? And I'm carrying two cases of water down the stairs of like a 10-foot tall scaffolding stage by myself. Like, I don't ever ask anybody for help. I'll figure it out. I'll do it myself. But I'm carrying these two cases of water. And this guy's standing at the bottom of the stairs watching me. Just watching me. And then I get down to the bottom of the stairs and he goes, you know, you'd be a lot prettier if you smiled once in a while. And so I just looked at him and I told him he'd be a lot cooler if he wasn't an asshole. And I just kept going with my two cases of water. Um, with all, all this being said, <laughs> which it's terrible, but um, 
What kind of advice would you give to a woman who wants to work in the live music industry at this point, starting out? I mean, I've got good things to say and I've got bad things to say. <laughs> um, I guess my bad thing to say would be like, don't be a pussy bitch about it. But the good thing to say would be like, you got it. You can do it. Just, you just got, you, you just got to do it. And when you think you can't, you can, because you do harder stuff every day. Every day is harder than the day before. So today is hard, but tomorrow's going to be harder. And the next day is going to be harder. And the next day is going to be harder. And then a week from now, you're going to be like, oh, well, that week was easy. I always look at it like, but try to find something that was terrible. And I know, I know we shouldn't hold on to those things, but I'm also Italian. So whatever, but, <laughs> um, I find something right. I find something that was really terrible and I'm like, well, if I could do that, then this is going to be fine. Like if I could survive that shitty boss, then this guy's a piece of cake. And if I can survive that terrible tour, then this is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So I always try to find something to compare it to. Um, and I always try to tell my girls that I always try to. I don't try to favor anyone in particular, but anytime I'm on a crew and I'm on a I've got locals and I've got a girl who's like, oh, this is my first day. I'm like, all right, baby, let's go. Like, <laughs> I'll help you because um, I didn't have that. I didn't have anybody to help me. I just had to figure it out and I had to be one of the guys to figure it out. And then I had to like earn guy respect to get any type of tips or tricks or anything like that. So um, I always try to mama bird um, cool. the ladies if I can. And then, um, but also I always try to make sure like, like if I can do it, you can do it. And, you know, if I can, and if I can do it for the last, 21 years then you're fine yeah do you ever uh do you ever i'm sure as a production manager as a, you tend to sometimes staff your tours do you ever uh do you ever come across not just uh male workers but female workers that you look at you're like yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna make it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah i had a girl uh I had a girl just on the the first leg of this tour. Um, she uh, she was brought in to replace somebody who was terrible. Mm -hmm. um, and in hindsight, that first person was actually better. Um, but she was brought in to replace somebody who was terrible. And then we realized that you can you can have little to no experience and that's fine and even if you have little to no experience you still need to be a good person you still need to be willing to try you still need to go above and beyond you you still need to put in effort like the world owes you nothing nobody's just gonna hand you anything yeah so you still have to put in maximum effort and this one uh, we, I, I coined the phrase. I said, she's so green. She's neon. <laughs> um, 
And it was one of those things where she had her one project that we would let her do because there just wasn't enough of us to spread that thin. Like we were already spread thin. There just wasn't enough of us to spread that thin. So she had her one little project that she would do. And then after that, we wouldn't let her do anything else because it was just easier if we did it. Yeah. Um, but then that would make people angry because then we're all we're like, I'm over here sweating and like lifting lights onto a stage and running cables. And she's over in a corner reading a book because one, I mean, that's kind of our fault though. Like we didn't want her doing it. Cause like I said, it's just easier if we do it ourselves. Cause if not, we're like handholding and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's like, you're just sitting there. You need to get up. You need to learn. You need to come participate. Hey, Tony, what do I need to do? How do I do it? I don't know. Then you come to me at a time in the day where I have a lull and I'll fucking teach you. Yeah. Like, I will show you step by step. We'll start opening up spares boxes. We'll go through menu, like whatever. I'll show you how to coil cables. But I can't do that during loading. I can't hold your hand when we're at like, peak stress we got to be done by three o'clock like i know it's 8 a.m but we got to be done at three o'clock and that's not happening so you either get on your shit or go read your book in the corner yeah so it got to a point where she ended up pissing off everybody so much that production just fired yeah and and this in this um i mean the industry's changed a lot since i since i came on board it was a still a little bit of the old guard the uh you know sink or swim and and now we've gotten to a point where you know mental health is important on the road thank uh, god for covid right yeah like <laughs> maybe <laughs> like that's the i feel like that's the only good thing that came out of covid was people became aware that people get sick people get sick and you work when you're sick. Sometimes you can't, but you do anyway. Or mental, like that was very big during COVID was working while you're sick and mental health. And if I can find anything, like find a silver lining in that, it was that because I have people now who come up to me and they're like, oh, you don't feel good. Do you need to go like take a moment? Like, yeah. What? <laughs> like I used to have to argue with people just to go to the bathroom to change my tampon. And now I could take a 15 minute break because I'm mentally unstable. Yeah. All right, let's go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm grateful for that, but just, I feel like sometimes like anything though, uh, sometimes it can be used, uh, as a, as a, as a crutch or as a weapon. And to be taken advantage of, mm -hmm. and, you know, um, I've experienced in uh, my experiences is, is, is working with a coworker that you, you, if you approach somebody with a problem, um, that they in turn turn it into like, well, you got to watch how you approach them because they're very sensitive and I'm not being insensitive or unsympathetic, but this yeah. is an industry where you can't be, mm -hmm. you can you can care about somebody's feelings and be empathetic towards them. Yeah. This is a, an industry where you have to have thick skin. That's we had a, we had a guy came. this summer who got, um, fired. <laughs> like I had a wild summer. Um, fired a lot of people, Tony. 
Remind me not to go on your tour. We had a guy this <laughs> summer who got fired because, um, so uh, we were informed right away that he was on the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. He's on the spectrum. Uh, he's uh, high functioning autistic. I'm like, okay, that's cool. You're a cool dude to me. I'm a cool dude to you. That's it. Well, this dude wasn't a cool dude to anyone. Uh, He wasn't even a cool dude to his own crew. And so it just got to a point where the first four to six weeks of that tour, that every day, the negativity and the anger and just the all the time, it got real heavy and it affected all the bands and all the crews and all the production. And then it got to a point where management on the one band was like talking to management on the other band. And they're like, if you don't get rid of this dude, we are mm. like, I know he's on your crew, but if you don't get rid of him, we like, we're going to fire him <laughs> and we'll find you somebody else yeah. to take that person's place. Like it was that bad. And so the band agreed to fire him. Um, and then we all helped pull our resources to find a replacement. We got a replacement. And it was like the first show back with the, because we did this, this happened during like a three day break. Um, the first show back with the replacement was like, we opened the doors of the truck to start unloading. And it was just like, nobody was yelling. Nobody was mad. Nobody was coming in hot. Like, yeah, we're just unloading a truck. Yeah. It was cool. It's all the difference, right? <laughs> yeah. It made a huge difference. Like the the air backstage was lighter. Like it it was nice. Even the band was like, we didn't know how bad it was until now. Yeah. It's yeah. like you get like Stockholm syndrome in a way. You just deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. It tends to uh put a dark cloud over the entire tour when yeah. it, one person can bring down a tour, you know. And uh, I think we've all experienced them. Did you have any, um, like you said earlier, like when you bring someone on, you'll take them under your wing. You're like, I got you. And but you can only, you can like, what's the old saying? You can lead them to water, but you can't make them drink. Did you have any mentors coming up? Did you have somebody that took you under your wing or was it all like fly by? The I had this before? really terrible human. Um, and I know that sounds crazy. Um, but I had two. I had this this really terrible human being, good soul, terrible human being. Um, and reason he's a terrible human being was because he he was one of those people that you worked with that was like a gaslighter and a narcissist and just would gaslight you to yourself, which is hard to do, but would figure out how to and just would these make up these elaborate stories and tell you all this stuff but i learned some of the best things from that person um i learned some of the most obscure and bizarre bits of information that have saved my ass so many times uh from that person and then i had this super old dude back in chicago who uh he worked in the theater but he was more of just like a like a life person 
mm-hmm. like, oh, you're bad at bowling. Okay, try something else, or like, you know, <laughs> you know, oh, you want to go ice skating? Cool. Oh, you fell? Try again. Oh, you don't want to? All right, let's go try something. Like, just a cool old dude who was very supportive and was like, you want to try it? Try it. And if you hate it, then you hate it. And if you don't, keep going. And, you know, maybe you'll find something else that you love later, but do this for now. And it's kind of a cool old dude. Probably the coolest old dude other than my dad, of course. But Right on. Yeah. Um, Your type of profession is very demanding. So uh, how do you manage your work and life balance, especially when you're on tour? I don't. I don't. I do pretty good. I don't, but I do pretty good. This last one, the one that I'm on break from right now, that this has been the hardest as far as like trying to stay connected to the world. Um, usually, I do pretty good by just like emitting myself into the ether, and I kind of like will send a random text to somebody just to keep in contact or. Um, generally very very good about that because i've i've had people that i know and love and care about and they go on tour and they just kind of fall off the planet um and that that's for the first time happened to me this uh this fall um as soon as that started i was just like off the planet gone i would call my guy you saw him go by he was making breakfast um I would call him maybe once a week for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, hey, I love you. Bye. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> because the the schedule the schedule. The schedule was not uh is not super jam-packed, but it was all very compressed. So we would do like three or four shows back to back. This mm-hmm. is basically like 72 hours on and then like 72 hours off. Basically, it's kind of how it worked out. So I would just do nothing but set up, do and tear down shows for like four days straight. And then for three days straight, I would do nothing but sleep. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to keep in contact with people or get on Instagram like, Usually I would take pictures of the show and be like, oh, this is show one and this is show two and this is show 79 or whatever. This one I got like maybe four and I'm like week one and then I've got like week seven because <laughs> I missed the other six. Like just I, w- I was not. And I would tell him all the time, I'm like, this schedule sucks and it's killing me because you. That first day off, you do nothing but sleep. And then the second day off, you're like trying to be a human and do things like in my case, I'm like having to get new homeowners insurance and trying to change over bank accounts like nobody wants to do that on a day off. But, you know, you do it. And then on the ne- the last day off, it's a school night because, you know, you got to be up at 3 a.m. to start loading. So you're eating dinner at four in the afternoon and going to bed by six because you have to be up at two because the bus is coming to get you at three. Like, so. It's all, it just yeah. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm getting ready to go do it again for another 46 days. And that's fine. But like, it's the first time that I've ever had that, like that compression 
on a tour. Like it even, it made everything, it made everything at heart, made eating hard, like just. Yeah. 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 We've all been on those tours where you bring (laughs) your gig and you have your food, you know? Oh, I am like queen of, I call it the catering cup. You get the red solo cup and you just fill it with a bunch of shit and you cram a fork in it and you go. Like, yeah. So many times I've gone through catering and I'm like, eggs, potatoes, veggie sausage, I'm out. I'll see you guys in a couple of hours. And then I come back, breakfast is still up. And I'm like, all right, this, this, this. And then like, because I don't normally get like, this is my lunch break. This is my dinner break. It's I have 10 minutes because I'm waiting for a truck to unload. I'm going to run to catering real quick and get a cup. Yeah. I'm usually a cup of dessert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, I know you said that you, 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 your side hustle is lighting and you like to do zippers, but what do you like to do in your, in your free time? Uh, um, like what do you, I'm a do nerd. You hobbies? I'm a, I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, I do, uh, tabletop gaming. Um, not as much D and D as, uh, is popular right now, but I do, uh, I do enjoy seventh C. Uh, it first started, 7C came out in 99, and it was good until about 2007, and then they did a second edition. Uh, second edition was garbage. The The story and the, the all the stuff in the game is beautiful, but the game uh-huh. mechanics just down the tank. Yeah. And um, so most of us who play 7C anymore play with first edition rules, second edition story. Um. So I do that. Um, I like video gaming. Uh, I played World of Warcraft for like 14 years. Um, I was in a super crazy raiding guild. Um, I do fun little crafty stuff. I tried to teach myself to make slime. I'm terrible at it. But um, I do little crafting things. I like to uh, do Legos. Yeah. I'm trying to get into puzzles. I don't know. I bought a couple. I stare at them. They're still in the box. I was told about <laughs> puzzles. I read this something somewhere that all the puzzles are the same pieces, just different pictures. So you could put one together. The next one, is ex- it goes together the exact same way. It's just the same, a different picture. Does that make sense? What I'm saying, like that's insane. Is that true? I don't. I think, think it so. is. It is. Like if I'm, you have, gonna, I read it on the internet. If you have like a, <laughs> if you have like a, an, I don't know, say an eight and a half by eleven puzzle times two, they're the same. Just the images. They're the same. I'm like, like mind together, blown right now. Do, what? I don't know. Like a spaceship and a horse. I'd look it up. I, I don't know if I'd believe. <laughs> I, like now I kind of want to like put two puzzles together. See? That'd be cool. That's, I, I, I read that on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you read on the internet's real. Didn't you know? <laughs> Everything. You say, yeah. Wait, so, so. <laughs> see, I'm going to hear about this for a while now. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, recently, it let, my love of puzzles is like is similar to my hatred of cornbread. Like I, I was, <laughs> I hate cornbread, 
And every time I see cornbread, I'm like, oh, I'll try it. Maybe I'll like it. And I already know that I'm not going to, but I try it and then I don't like it. And I'm like, well, I knew that. And so it's kind of similar cornbread. with puzzles. You hate cornbread. I hate cornbread. Okay, I think we're going to stop right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, it's not that I hate. So it's not that I hate it because I always try it. I just don't like it. And I don't know. I don't know what it is that I'm expecting it to be, but it's not that. And then I'm just, I'm like, I'm slightly disappointed. So I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't like cornbread still. <laughs> <laughs> still don't like cornbread. Um, but yeah, puzzles are kind of the same way. Like I've got a couple and I open them up and I look at them and I'm like, well, this is dumb. And then I just put it back in the box and then I buy another one. And then I, <laughs> and I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Well, now you could put them all together and they're going to be <laughs> just make one giant. <laughs> uh, do you have any memorable gigs? What's your what's your most memorable gig? Did you have a, a venue, a tour, a band, you know? I don't know. I got a few. I got a few. I got a little bit. Uh, I think. Um, I think the most. Uh, like the biggest thing um, was doing the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I did the bad bunny tour in 2022, the world's hottest tour. Like we were tracked from the space station. Like it was massive tour. We had 63 trucks. Like it was nuts. Um, and this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. 20, 24 of them were just for lights. Um, it was mad. Um, but, um, and, and I mean, that's big. We, you know, we sold out Yankee Stadium twice. Like it was, we shut down the entire city of Boston for three days. Like it, it was a big tour, but nothing will be as like impactful as the Olympics. Yeah. Um, maybe because I did that first or whatever, but it was China. It was weird. Like I was way out of my comfort zone. I didn't have toilet paper. Like it was just, there were all these things that <laughs> was a challenge, you know, there was language barrier. So, yeah. you know, I'm back, I'm, I'm in a backstage scenario with, you know, uh, a guy who's also a stage manager and we're like doing hand signs for scissors and paper because we can't speak. To, so yeah. is there were, there were lots of, uh, uh moments that meant more rather than like not that bad bunny wasn't great it was but it was like in the truck off the truck do the show yeah. in the truck off the truck there were there weren't a lot of times where there were things that were kind of life-changing or eye-opening yeah so it was just it was a big spectacle and everybody loved it and it was great whereas like with the olympics I mean, there were days where I literally felt like I was changing people's lives. Like it was crazy. So, yeah. Uh, so the Olympics, um, I got to work with Debbie Reynolds. Wow. Um, which was incredible. Um, she's a, a wonderful, she was a wonderful human being. And uh, she was very much like the, the grandma type. Um, with like the life lessons and things like that. Um, 
And uh, I would say, and the artists that I toured with, I think that um, helped, wasn't just necessarily the artists, the artists as well, but the crew and everybody kind of coming together and being awesome uh, was Seether, actually. Okay. Um, so they were great. And uh, just because I had a, a previous... Before that tour, I had a previous encounter where where Seether actually came to defend the ladies, um, the band and the crew. Uh, we had a situation with another band. Uh, I don't want to. I won't. I won't name them, but I'll, I'll I'll keep Seether in the in the names so that they get the glory. But we had a situation at a festival where another band. We were loading them out because, if you know festivals you're loading out a band while another band is playing. Yeah. So we're loading out a band and the, the crew people were like, okay, this goes in the trailer. This goes in the trailer. So we're, you know, running it down across the partially graveled parking lot. Cause that's awesome. Um, I think it's mandatory for festivals, right? <laughs> it is. It is. Smooth, you take smooth, a very good. thin layer of gravel and put it over shitty asphalt. And like, that's, that's, that's how you load a truck. So, <laughs> so we're pushing cases and a lot of their kids, they're an older band. So a lot of their cases are older and like you get the, the metal spurs and the wood yeah. splinters and, you know, and one of, one of the girls, cause I had like six girls that year on my crew. One of my girls was like, fuck these cases and her hands like bleeding. <laughs> she, was like, she just kind of stopped in the middle of it. And then we're all trying to buddy up together to get all these like old heavy cases not that there's anything wrong with old heavy cases but they are old and they are heavy so we're trying to get all these old heavy cases into their trailer and their backline slash stage manager guy comes over and starts reaming me a new one because we put things in his trailer we weren't supposed to yeah and so then a couple of the other girls were like well you said to put it in the you know anything in the pile goes in the trailer and he like called her a fucking idiot to her face and told her she was a stupid bitch. She started crying. Like it was this whole scene happening backstage. And then I've got my guys and my guys are like, don't talk to her like that. Like that's my little sister. <laughs> Just this, like, so this that's huge cool. like thing is happening backstage, like high school drama. Right. And, uh, and in the middle, of all of this Seether crew and band are sitting there watching this all happen and they get up and they're like why well, gotta be an asshole and make the girls cry and like so they get up and start defending us they're like well we heard you say it and they did what you told them and blah 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 so now they're in it with us so now it's the local crew which consists of six girls and myself and Seether <laughs> they're like ah. <laughs> um, it ended up resulting in lots of name calling on stage um, like they were calling each other out on stage, like fuck this band. And like, just it ultimately ended up with like cops being called. People were arrested. Like it was a whole thing all because of this stupidness. Um, so years later, it was about, what was that? 2016. So uh, I was about, so about six years later, uh, I'm on tour with Seether. I meet Sean Morgan and I tell him this story. And I was like, you're our hero. We love you. All the girls uh, on 
the Shadow Badger team from Oklahoma to Memphis. We all love you. Thank you so much for like being our knight in shining armor. Sean Morgan was on stage and he's like, these dudes are being an asshole to the girls. And like telling the audience, like tell them to like fuck off. So everybody in the audience is like middle fingers up and yelling like, fuck this band. It was great. Um, So I just wanted him to know that he has a, a small group of like 10 ladies who think he's a superhero. Um, and so, uh, we created like hashtag Sean Morgan is my hero and like, all these little, and, uh, and he was super flattered by that. And then his crew was super great and they were like, oh yeah, I remember. So we kind of spent the whole, like that allowed us to kind of bond uh-huh. for the rest of the tour. And we were all just like this great little team together and yeah. like they would help us unload and load our trucks every day and we would help them unload and load their trucks like it was yeah yeah it was good it was uh like like peanut gallery over there he said (laughs) one of the best tours i've ever done and it it for sure was was definitely that so does your partner tour uh he's currently on medical leave but yes okay yeah that's cool he's uh Guitar tech for Three Doors Down and uh, Collective Soul. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Did you meet on the road? (laughs) He is also Bernie. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Did you meet on the last name? Uh, We met at that festival. Oh, okay. um, The previous year. Um, We met the previous year. Uh, He was with Three Doors Down. I was stage managing uh, the festival uh scorpions was my headliner and they were making my life a living hell that day because it was their first show of the tour i don't know who decided to book a festival as the first show of the tour but great um and we had to load them in the night before (laughs) we had to load them in the night before because they had five Mm. trucks of just video wall that we had to put up so we did an all-night load-in and then uh, those of us who were on the all night, we got like a five hour break to go sleep. And then I, I kind of did because I had to be up the next morning to start. And so all day, um, I mean, you guys know how festivals work. So in the morning you get the headliner, they get a little bit of time and then the next and the next and the next and the next and then show. And so Scorpions had gone over their time. So people are trying to load in while they're still doing their time and then they're getting mad and then people loading in are mad and it was just it it was a fiasco and all day he and i were like kill us now so <laughs> i've heard they uh, so can be a lot of fun to work that. with huh? i've heard they can be a lot of fun to work you with. you know it was fine until the tour manager i can't remember his name and i probably shouldn't say this out loud but who cares at this point i've already said enough stuff on here we, he was very tall and thin, and he had a very dark mustache. Uh, or Sorry, he didn't have a very dark mustache, but he had very dark hair that was kind of like combed back. And we were referring to him as Hitler Nostache because he was just like the most angry, aggressive German dude I've ever met in my life. It was just like bah, 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 all fucking day long. So I'm out at front of house. And uh, I've got a radio and I'm like, hey, can you come get their front of house console? And he goes, I'm not leaving front of house until a forklift comes to get my front of house console. And I was like, dude, I don't know if you see this back here. but That's like 50,000 people 
I'm not getting a forklift out here anytime soon. We do this all the time. We're just going to drop it off the side. We're going to run it down the bull run. They're going to go around, pop it in your truck, and you're good to go. And he's like, no, I'm not leaving until this forklift comes. Like, I can't, I can't bring a forklift through 50,000 people. It's going to yeah. take me three hours when I can have four of my big guys, my loaders, are going to come. They're literally going to pick up your console like a child and carry it to your truck. So he and I are out at front of house just arguing about this for like 20 minutes. I get a call over the radio. Hey, uh, truck's loaded. They're pulling out. I was like, hey, just so you know, your truck's loaded. You're good to go. He's like, well, I don't see a forklift out here. I was like, cool. So I'll see you tomorrow. Just so you know, your truck's already gone <laughs> with your console on it. So have a great night. And I don't know what else to tell you. Because <laughs> yeah. he refused. He was like, I refuse to leave until a forklift comes out here. I'm like, well, yeah, you can use my hammock. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Who so, so is the way of the road, right? <laughs> Um, they did a great show though. Yeah. I mean, you can't deny the hits, but it was a great show. Yeah. Just yeah, the rest of it was a mess. I hope the rest of their tour went great though. <laughs> I really do. Cause we were, uh, I remember one of the tour guys was like, if this is the first show, the rest of this is going to be terrible. <laughs> like I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> There's always one of those guys. Yeah. Every show is the worst show. There it is. Well, Every is the worst day. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time on a Sunday to talk to us. Anytime. And uh, anytime. We appreciate it. What tour are you about to start? If you can. Uh, I'm about to finish. Uh, I'm currently on the trilogy tour. So I'm on Pitbull, Enrique Iglesias, and Ricky Martin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah, I've been doing that since September. Um, and, uh, before that was Candlebox and Three Doors Down, and before that was Coachella, and before I was at Coachella with Bad Bunny, and before that I had a very early spring, late winter tour at the beginning of the year. It was the Judd's final tour. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Well, we wish you luck on the rest of this trilogy. Tour. I know you guys are getting ready to go out, so yay for you. <laughs> but uh we appreciate it uh our podcast it, it's called is breakfast included and then in most days it's not <laughs> <laughs> if it most was included what would you have um i have i'm allergic to everything that's food so most days uh my breakfast is usually whatever random fruit that i can find and uh peanut butter and jelly with veggie bacon Hey. That's a new one. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, if they, if they have turkey bacon, I'll do turkey bacon, but it's usually veggie bacon. So yeah. right on, right on. Yep. Well, it's good talking to you, Tony. It was nice meeting you. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah. Thank you so Sean much. Morgan, <laughs> my hero. We're going to use that. Hashtag Sean Morgan is my hero. <laughs> have a great day. All right, darlings. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> right on, Tony Globus. What a great, great, great personality that she has. Right. She just sucked you right in, into the conversation. 
Uh, I'm not going to give you her IG because, man, I don't know you. I don't know if you're going to hit her up and say, hey, put a, all these zippers on my hoodies that are old and the zipper's broken. I don't know if you're going to do that. But if you listen, you could probably find her on Instagram. Check her out, man. Uh, she's always on tour. I do want you to go online and check out isbreakfast.com. Check out our YouTube page, of course, our podcast site, and our online store. Go to YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, all of that stuff that you would normally do on the socials. All right, guys, I am done. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week.